Warning, great marriage advice ahead. Marriage on the Rocks is not a licensed marriage counseling service. Our opinions and methods work for us, so your results may vary. Hey everybody, welcome back to Marriage on the Rocks. Um, This morning we are changing it up, since it is morning, (laughs) and we're going to have some coffee and um, a little bit of Irish cream for our discussion today. So last week we talked about um, our story and um, how basically a great story versus a great marriage. And um, so today we're going to kind of lead in from that and just see if uh, opposites, how opposites attract, if they do or don't. Yeah, we uh, <clears throat> after we finished our discussion last week, we threw a poll up on Facebook, and uh, thanks for all of you that participated in it. It was uh, we had uh, several answers that we got from people that uh, took the poll. But uh, what we asked was, how much in common do you and your partner have? And we had about sixty eight percent said that they had a lot in common with their partner. I think the answer they picked was we finish each other's sentences. And then that 32% was uh, um, don't opposites attract was their option. So we we still realize that, you know, there, there is a, a, a good portion of people that um, believe opposites do attract and that uh, maybe even built on that opposites can have a very successful relationship. And we're not here to say that, People that don't have a lot in common can't have a successful relationship, but we really want to talk about, once again, based on our previous experiences with our previous relationships and our current one, how we strongly believe that those that have a lot in common, um, I don't know if we would use the word successful, but they they tend to be happier. They tend to um, have uh, some of the difficulties that exist in relationships where they don't have a lot in common, don't really come up when you have a lot in common. Um, so that was kind of where we wanted to go with this one and talk in there and, and have that conversation. And I don't, I don't think this is a, a controversial topic, but I think that if you're one of those couples that's like, well, we don't have anything in common and we're, you know, ignorance is bliss and we're con- completely happy and have a, have a great relationship, <clears throat> that's fine. Um, I probably honestly don't truly believe that that's going to be the answer from those people because <laughs> of who we know and what we've experienced. Uh, we would probably have a different opinion on that. Yeah, well, I mean, for me with my previous relationship, I think that the the most that we had in common was, well, maybe like two things. We <clears throat> went to the same high school. And we like the same music. Right. Um, I think that <laughs> that was about it. Yeah. Um, I, I think my uh, my my ex, we were both in the military, and I don't. I think that I was I was a more broad. I liked so much stuff. It wasn't so much that she was into stuff that I didn't like. It was she wasn't into anything that I liked. Her. Her variety of what she wanted to do, what she wanted to watch, what she wanted to listen to, how she wanted to spend her time um, was very small. There wasn't a whole lot of options of any of that. There wasn't a whole lot of variety. Mine was was pretty more open. So like I said, it wasn't really that she – there wasn't a time where she was like, well, I want to go do this. And I was like, well, I hate that. I don't want to do that. It was, hey, I want to go – whatever I want to go to you know this this event or, or go take care of this or go see this and it was 
kind of having to drag her along if she would go yeah. or that she was doing me a favor by, you know, quote unquote, letting me do what I wanted to do. And like she made this huge sacrifice of, of, you know, giveness so that we could go do something that she should have enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about going and seeing a comedy. I mean, at a, at a movie theater, I'm not talking about, you know, you, you, you hear a lot of, a lot of times these complaints come out of husbands. And that's what was kind of odd about my previous relationship was traditionally and stereotypically, she was more the hill dug in man in the relationship that, you know, didn't want to do anything. And I was the one trying to, you know, do things. And I spent more time with the kid and things like that. And so I think that with, with a lot of this, you're going to hear a lot of guys that are, uh, you know, it's the, the stuff like, well, I don't want to go to the theater. I don't want to go see a play and I don't want to do that. Um, and even in my previous relationship, that's not, I wasn't trying to do things that typically people don't enjoy doing. It was just normal stuff. And that's what, that's what, like with me and my ex, we, he didn't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to go anywhere with me. I mean, even to, to family functions and stuff like that. And he thought that the theater was just a stupid idea. Mm -hmm. Never. And I loved to go (laughs) see a show and take my parents to see a show and, he didn't want to do any of that stuff with me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he was the typical male right? Yeah, <laughs> with all of that. Right. And, and, you know, it's it's not that we know that not everybody's like that. And mm-hmm. we know that a, there's a lot of guys out there that um, are very supportive. And it's not really this, I'm going to put on a face and be strong and be brave and do something I don't want to do. They genuinely probably don't care what they do as long as they get to spend time with their wife. And we think that that is really a good foundation for a great relationship. It shouldn't be something you have to force to do. Um, nobody wants to force their partner to do anything. And when it, when push comes to shove and if, if you get down that path where it's like, well, this is really important, whether it is that family event, you know, it's, it's so-and-so's anniversary or birthday or whatever it is, or, or maybe it's, you know, something, uh, e- even sad, like a funeral or something like that, where it's like, you, you need to go with me. We need to represent our portion of the family together. Um, when you get to, when you pull somebody into that situation, it's not the end of the road for them where they have to be completely miserable and they just shouldn't have to act like they had to put on a face to be, you know, happy to be there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because whether you think you're a good actor or not, everybody can tell you don't want to be in those situations right. and you, you wear it right on your sleeve and all over your face, yeah. even when you don't think you are. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's. It, it was super frustrating. It was very frustrating to to even try to explain, oh, where where is he? Right. It was very <clears throat> it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like, gosh, this sucks. Not having the the support right. even <laughs> yeah. at all for anything. Yeah, and and, and we, we hear that quite a bit too with the uh you know, where is so and so? And then it's having to come up with the story or and it's something that you think of Preemptively, well, I'm going to go to this event by myself or without my partner, and I know at least somebody's going to ask me where they're at, so I've got to have a good, excuse. good excuse as to why they didn't show up. And that uh, I know that uh, there there is a perspective of well, don't make excuses for me; just tell them I didn't want to go. Where yeah, that's an easy way out, and that's an it easy will, thing to say, but and you don't doesn't... want to make them <clears throat> bad. Right. Yeah, but your, your part, yeah, your partner doesn't want to make you look bad in their eyes, and so. Mm-hmm they still feel that they have to come up with a reason or excuse as to why you didn't show up. Yeah. Why you weren't there with them. Mm-hmm. And to, it really, I don't know, it really sucked for me 
with all of that. I don't know. Yeah, and 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 it is bad. I mean, it was. I remember, uh, you know, we, my ex and I, we didn't live near family. We lived in a completely different state away from both of our families. And so anytime we were at a family uh, type of function, it was either somebody coming to visit us or when we took a trip back to our respective homes. Um, and I remember, you know, my parents coming out to visit and I having to make excuses as to why she didn't want to go eat at a certain type of food oh, yeah. or a certain style, yeah. style of restaurant. And you know, and she would just want to camp out in the bedroom and not deal with anybody. And, and so it, it does, it, it puts your partner in, in a very uncomfortable situation to where, like we said, you don't want to make the other person look bad and you're really trying to get them to get what they want. And then the, the oddly enough, the caveat to that is whenever something's going on that you don't feel like you want to do and you end up getting your way and you don't have to do it, you still hang face and you're still upset because, your partner isn't ecstatic that you got what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, right. Well, and, and I don't know if it's just driven from guilt or what. Yeah. <clears throat> for me, I, I always feel, I feel bad if I get my way. Like, right. And that's how I would feel like, okay, well he's coming with me this one time. So mm-hmm. he's going to do this thing for me. And, but then he's hanging face and not feeling good about being there. Mm-hmm. So then I start feeling bad that he's feeling bad, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. gosh. Well, then you get the question, what's wrong with, what's wrong with your partner? Yeah. Are they, is everything okay? And, and you just want to be like, why don't you go ask them? Yeah. Just ask them. See what they have to say so about it. So either way you go, <clears throat> it's a double-edged sword mm-hmm. because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, if you if you bring them or not. Right. Well, and, and that's where, you know, going full circle, It's it's where... What you have in common is, is it can be some of the core issues to that of, of what you find important and what you don't find important. And one of the things that we continually hear, and we, we kind of referenced it a little bit last week when we were talking about what we were going to discuss today, uh, <clears throat> are those cliche statements of, you know, opposites do attract and, uh, you know, they balance me out and I'm, I'm the crazy one and they're the calm one and I'm the loud one and they're the quiet one. And, and while each of us in the relationship bring unique differences to the partnership. If you have all of this stuff that's just not in common, it can be pretty dangerous. It can be pretty uncomfortable and it can cause issues to grow in other aspects of your relationship. And, and a lot of it can be very simple stuff. Um, one of the things that, that, you know, you and I really hit it off with was we found out how much we did have in common. Mm-hmm. This is when, you know, you were engaged and I was married and not knowing how we were just friends. Yeah, how little we didn't have in common with each other, our our relationship kind of basis and and that uh, that bottom level of where we kind of built up from was our commonalities. Mm-hmm. It gave us something to talk about. It gave us something to discuss even just in a purely friendship and professional manner to talk about what we watched on TV this week or what movie we were going to go see and and what uh, kind of food we like what kind of food we liked and 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 all of those little things that tend to add up and, and it was like before you knew it, it was like wow we have everything in common and then when you realize that you start to look back and reflect and it's like well I don't have anything in common with you and, and we're not talking about the we we see those I, even somebody in our type relationship, I would still say sickening couples that 
they wear the exact same matching shirts <laughs> or, you know, whatever it is. They're going to some kind of event or, or concert and they have on the exact same shirt and outfit. And well, I'm, <laughs> I guess sometimes we we probably look like the sickening couple, too, because, like, we'll go to a wedding or something and you'll wear a tie that matches my outfit Well, yeah, something. but that's complimenting your dress. Yeah, it's I not. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking sure about couples, people. like, dress alike. I, mean, <laughs> I know, I know. I think that, but I think that some people could probably say that, though. Yeah, right. Well, and that's what I was saying. You know, from, from our perspective, even, <laughs> right. even, even we see that, and we're like, oh, my gosh, really? Uh-huh. Um, but, I, you know, we're, we're not really talking about that level of commonality, but there, there are, are very important things that you have to have. And even when you come into the relationship, you're not expected to be on the exact same page for everything right away. And, and it's, it's going to be normal, and it's okay to have certain different tastes and certain different um, opinions about things. But one of the issues that we see is, is people in these new relationships. It, it, it's weird It's weird because it's hard to kind of see the middle ground, but you either have somebody that is completely unopened to new experiences or somebody that goes completely overboard and all in and now becomes a completely different person yeah. because of who they're with. And when you look at not being open for new experiences, it, it's one of those things that you have to keep an open mind. Um, and I'm trying to think of, I, I, with, with you and I, we've, we've really been, it really wasn't an intentional, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to keep an open mind and try it. Right. I think we, yeah. we're both just kind of naturally open to new things anyway. Yes. And I, probably the biggest thing that we always show that is food. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I think it's being in a relationship with you where you were from. You were able to say, well, let's let's go here. Have you been here? Have you tried that? And it's like, no, no. And and one one of the, the weird nuances with my previous relationship was she hated Mexican food. And Mexican food was probably my favorite type of Mexican food. Um, and so I, type of food. Yeah, type of yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> type of food. And I rarely got to get it unless I took my son somewhere and it was just he and I. But every once in a while she would kind of cave and she would have an awful experience with it or, or a perceived awful experience. And then we would never get to go back. And um, so that was one of the things I really missed out. So even being in Colorado for several years before you and I got together, I didn't get to experience any of the local type of Mexican food that yeah. was out there until you and I, right before we started dating, uh-huh. and you brought me... Taco House. Brought me Taco House. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and with that, like, it ends up, you end up, like, looking forward to not, uh, you you end up looking forward to eating the food without her. Right. And stuff. And, like, oh, man, I can't wait till she leaves again. So So I can do what I want. So I can have. Yeah. Mexican food, right? Yeah, yeah, and do what you want, right? right. Yeah, and that and that become that becomes a, a huge a huge thing with 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 doing that with all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that that my son and I was, you know, my even with our our previous jobs and things like that, she traveled and I traveled, and um, my son would always get excited when she was going to leave town because he knew that that meant that Daddy and he could watch what we wanted on TV, we could eat the food we wanted to eat, we could play video games how we wanted to. We, we could do stuff where we didn't either feel like somebody was getting slighted or somebody was, um, you know, getting on to us for doing something that we enjoyed doing. We could, you know, have Nerf gun fights throughout the house without worrying about, you know, somebody yelling at us and getting on to us for stuff. And so 
it, it, it quickly and unintentionally, he started to associate her being gone with it was time to have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure I played a part in that because I was excited about her leaving because I felt the same way. Oh, I get to have fun right. for the next few days. I get to do this and I get to do that and all that stuff I just listed. And so going back to what you said, that that is that becomes a very true aspect of, of so many things. Um and even in your own home, people and I, and I would deal this. I deal with this even, and I know we're, we're, we'll talk about this in other episodes too. But even something as simple as I can't wait for her to go to bed, so then I can watch a movie I want to watch, or I can catch up on a show on Netflix that yeah. I want to see. <clears throat> and uh, we we brought it up last week, and I'm sure we'll continue to bring it up. But The Office was one of those one of those shows that I, she had zero interest in, didn't want to watch, had nothing, and. And I watched it, and then you and I started talking about it at work, and it became yeah. a, a huge, a huge part of how we spent our time together, Us, uh, and yeah. still spend our time together <laughs> is is enjoying and watching yes. The Office. Um, I know. Well, I remember um, whenever when I was with my ex, and he would go. He was at work, and it would be my day off, and I would be like, "Oh, I can." I can watch what I want to watch. I can watch Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. I can watch The Office. And then him coming home and walking in and immediately saying, you're, oh, you're watching that? Yeah. Why are you watching that? That's that's so stupid. Yeah. That, what, how, how do you think that's funny? A family guy, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. I couldn't. And all well, all he wanted to do was just play music mm-hmm. and... That was it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I couldn't watch TV. I like TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that with, uh, you know, simple stuff like that with, you know, you know how, how can you find that that's funny? And it's like, well, have you tried to watch it? I mean, the, there's some things where you just don't understand how somebody can't find humor in it. It's like, how, how do you not enjoy this when, you know, it's the number one rated TV show of all time and you're the... 0.5% that hates it. <laughs> right. I mean, is that, is that, do you really hate it? And, and then you start to question it. Do you really hate it because of, of whatever reason you just don't find it funny, you don't enjoy it? Or do you dislike it because I like it so much? And, and we see that and we, we've talked to people and we've been in those situations where it, uh, you know, whether it was intentional or not, it was just kind of a dislike out of spite. Like, well, I, I don't like that because you like it so much. And, whether that's the intention behind it or not, that's how it really comes off, um, because it's it's almost like there's this this underlying sick joy of depriving your partner of something they enjoy. Yeah, I don't know why why people would yeah. want to do that though. And I don't know if if it's you know a lot of relationships have this win lose mentality where if you get what you want, that means I lost. And if we get to eat where you want to eat, or we get to go see the movie you want to see, or we get to spend our time doing you know X, Y, or Z, that means you won and I lost. And it's it's not a win loss. It's it, it's not a win win. It, it should just be an effortless. This is how we spend time together, and that's where having so much in common helps. Helps. It helps just greatly. You don't deal with that stuff. Um, you know, and then we, we we don't have to have everything in common, and right. we realize that people do have different types of humor, and not everyone does have the same type of humor. But find somebody that has your same type of humor. At least have a sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, that's I know. that that's important. I mean, yeah, you, you can you can find you know slapstick comedy like a, a Tommy Boy or a Black Sheep or something like that, very funny. But then you should also be able to 
even if you don't find something like a you know a Coen Brothers movie funny, that's okay. But at least have some kind of sense of humor. You're not allowed to purely hate comedy just because it makes people happy. <laughs> And that's yeah. that's what we see sometimes. Is yeah. Well, I know I've seen a couple people like that. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you. Well, you've said your ex was pretty much like that, and she didn't have very much of a sense of. Oh, she didn't like comedy movies. Right. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. You know, and I think that you know, kind of going back to looking at how how a lot of guys react. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm one. I don't I don't seek out chick flicks. I don't necessarily enjoy watching them it's not if you ask me hey seth what would you want tonight watch tonight i'm not gonna ever mention the notebook or love actually i'm trying to think of some cliche romantic movies that people watch and 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 enjoy but i can still watch a movie that you enjoy and if you ever said hey i want to watch the notebook tonight i wouldn't oh my gosh (laughs) i feel like crying okay (laughs) yeah right right (laughs) <laughs> but at the same time, you you wouldn't want me to do something that I don't want to do. Right. And because of, of we're both the same with if we did push that, we would start to feel kind of bad that mm-hmm. they didn't do it. And that's where the, are you okay with this? And you start second guessing the choice. And are you sure this is okay? Are you having a good time? Uh-huh. Did you enjoy it? What do you think? And, and things like that. And, you know, we, we enjoy a lot of stuff together that a lot of times one partner stereotypically again not everybody because i don't want everybody to think that well we don't do that you know because we understand that there are couples like us that enjoy that but i haven't dragged you to wwe live events mm-hmm. we were equally excited to go and both had a blast yeah um i you haven't dr- had to drag me to the theater to watch plays because right. we both enjoy that and we have a good time well and and yet <clears throat> we both introduced each other to those things mm-hmm. But we were both equally open-minded to yes. want to do stuff, and uh-huh. and I think it it wasn't like I said it wasn't really this this I'm you know this concentrated I'm going to be open I know I don't want to do this stuff but I'm going to say I do just to try it it was really just driven by the fact that I just wanted to be with you mm-hmm. I wanted to spend time with you however you wanted to spend that time I didn't care and, and that's how you were and mm-hmm. I think that whenever one of the things if you see your partner that's passionate about something and you care about that person you that passion kind of becomes contagious yeah, or you take interest right yeah you immediately get interest i mean it was you know, i think you know wrestling was one of those things it was like oh this i've, I've enjoyed this my entire life it's yeah. it's so much fun and it's one of those things it took where, a few years though for you to like well yeah yeah i was hesitant yeah, about it to because tell me, show me right yeah because uh-huh. there's this sometimes you know even when i ask just random people or people we meet i'm like oh do you watch wrestling they just Look they at look you, at you like, weird. yeah, like you, you must have some kind of mental disorder that you enjoy that. And so there's this <laughs> stigma of being a wrestling fan a lot of times that it's like, well, I don't know if I want to bring that up or not and and uh, ask. And so then, you know, well, I was still... Same thing with Taco House. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still kind of shell-shocked. And so it was a little... I was uh, a little hesitant to bring it up. But then once I did, it was like, you know, try, try this out. It's funny. It's, it's great. It's entertaining. And... And you got into it, and we yeah. liked it, and we watch every single pay per view every month. We'd go to the shows when they come into town and mm-hmm. meet the wrestlers and have well, our and pictures taken with them. And even have a blast. with you, for me, you watch the Divas show with me. You watch the Bellas with yeah. me. You know, and most well, guys. And that's a really well, that's a that great. Kind of that's a great. I don't even know if I'd say compromise, but it's a great kind of 
bridging the gap between what I loved and what you were into. It was like, well, yeah, if I'm going to watch any reality show about women, it's going to be women in the wrestling world. So that's an easy sell. I I will never be like, ah, I don't want to watch it. Now, you try to get me to watch the Kardashians or something stupid like that. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I typically don't watch reality TV. Right, yeah, and that was, I think that's the only reality show show we've watched is, are those things. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's, that's fun mm-hmm. <laughs> that we we can kind of balance that all out. Yeah, and I th- I think a lot of it, and uh, you know, we kind of hit on a little bit, but we see we see one partner, um, and it usually happens early on in the relationship. You don't really see it so much, you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty years later. But you you see a partner kind of fake what the other one's into, mm-hmm. um, and and I think it probably initially comes from a good place, right? Where it's like, well, I don't, I don't want to tell this person that I'm, I'm either just now getting into or we're we're developing a relationship together that I don't like, you know, something. Bold. I don't like movies. Yeah, I don't like movies. Right. I don't like doing things like that. And so we see people that are like hesitant to not really show who they are. And, and like I kind of did it with the wrestling thing. I didn't want to. I didn't really fake anything, but I was a little hesitant to reveal that. But it wasn't. We, we see people that are that are getting dragged to do things or, you know, if, if you if you don't like going to the movies and somebody is, you know, hey, let's go to the movies tonight and you don't want to go, you should you, you should, should say, say you I know what, I, I don't really, that's not how I like to spend my time. In the beginning, in the beginning of a relationship, you need to, you need to be open mm-hmm. about that kind of stuff. Because if you really hate, you know, whatever the other person really likes, yeah. that's going to be... Down the road, mm-hmm. even though you don't want to bring it up now and you're trying to be nice, down the road it's gonna hurt your relationship. Oh yeah, because you're you're gonna feel like you if you're the one that doesn't like doing X, Y, or Z, and you continually do it. A, your partner doesn't know that you don't like it because you've said yes however many times to do it, and B, you're continually feeling like you're making a sacrifice. By doing it, and if you have that win loss mentality, you're going to feel like you're always losing. And then later and you're on, it up. Yeah. you're going to get into a fight, and you're going to be like, "Well, I've been doing this for X amount of years, and you have never done this for me." And mm-hmm. and then you didn't even bring up what you like to do. Yeah, or- right, right, right. And and yeah, and the other the other person is almost a guy because I just <laughs> I I picture that from a girl and a guy. Uh, but the other person is going to be like, well, what what is it that you want to do? What what was it you wanted to do all this why time that you, you didn't? Yeah, why didn't you tell me? And if your response is, well, because it made you so happy, that that's an awful response. Well, so now you're just saying, okay, you're tired of me being happy <laughs> when it all could have been avoided. When it was like, you know what, I I don't like this. And and like like we said that that starts a lot in the initial phases of the relationship. You find yourself. And we hear it. We hear it. And once again, I, I say girls and guys because I've never had a guy I work with come to work after a first date and be like, oh, Cynthia made us go do this. And I did. It was the worst first date I've ever had. I don't think I've really ever had a guy friend tell me they had an awful date. Most guys are oblivious because typically we're clueless and we just think it's a good time because you get to spend it with us anyway. So we don't, we don't really analyze it that way and be like, oh, this was an awful date. Um but we, we hear and we've worked with girls and we maybe maybe you've been that person or we, we've had close friends that come back and like, oh, how was your date on Friday night? And they give you that, they drop their purse down and look at you <laughs> underneath their <laughs> and eyebrows. You just know. And you just know it's awful. Like, oh, what happened? 
Well, first, we went and had Indian food. And you know I hate Indian food. And well, did you tell him you yeah, hate Indian food? Yeah, why did you go have Indian well, food? Well, no, then? I didn't tell him. But the, but it gets worse. And then after that, we went and we he, he took me to see you know whatever movie. And I hate that actor. And I had to sit there for two hours and watch that idiot on the screen. And then... And then we went to ice cream afterwards, and I'm lactose intolerant, you know, or whatever. And it's just, and it's just this this awful experience. And then you find out, well, shit, she didn't say anything along the way about she didn't like this. And the clueless guy's like, yeah, it was a great first day. So we awesome. went and we had Indian food. It was awesome. It was my favorite place to go to. Uh, she was down to go see this movie. I didn't think she'd be up for it, but we went and and it was awesome. And then you know we went and, and shared a banana split afterwards, and it was great. And then I kissed her goodnight, and we're going out again next week. And he's all excited, and she's like, yeah, I'll give him another chance, and we'll go. You know, so it's two completely different perspectives and stories about how this first date went. And the odd thing is, is he stays excited, and she will end up being miserable on date number two, date number three, date number four. And then eventually, these two idiots may end up marrying each other. (laughs) I know. I know. Yeah. When it all could have been avoided by just being honest right and telling him oh, yeah i don't want i don't want to see that yeah. movie yeah. i don't want to have indian food mm-hmm. i don't like in indian food i how about mexican food right yeah yeah <laughs> you know and and as as the person on the receiving end of that you and i don't i don't i can't even think of an instance where some you know if a, if a girl was like well i don't i don't want to go to the movies that a guy would be like Psh, what a bitch she didn't even <laughs> want to see a movie <laughs> I mean, the, the typical answer would be, well, what would you what would you like to do? Uh-huh. And so if you don't want to do something, you need to have at least a solution or a suggestion of what you would want to do. But if you're the person that's trying to set that up and you find out they aren't into that, that's part of you need to be open to, what, you know, really? what is it that you would like to do? And and I think it's it's funny with, with like you and I because we've, you, and I, I, I think you've probably been more open just because of my extracurricular activities, like uh, even even video games, it was like you know this was something I like to do, and we wanted to spend time together. And it was, and I'm not you know a video game addict or anything. Um, we'll have my son on to talk about that at some point in time. But with with us, it was like you know it was fun games at the time we were you know still dating. You know the first Left 4 Dead was out, and it was like oh it's zombies, and you like to watch me play, and I was like well would you like to play? Well, yeah. I don't know how. So I taught you how to play. <laughs> that was awful. Yeah, and then we would text each other. Oh, Left 4 Dead tonight? Yeah, let's, let's play Left 4 Dead tonight. <laughs> yeah. and, and then we did the same thing when Call of Duty came out. We, uh-huh. we learned how to play together, and we would get video games that you could play locally with each other. Together. And we would do it for a little bit, yeah, and we would have fun. if I played against anyone else, it would be... Right, yeah. We <laughs> had, had, had to put the AI on the easiest and build your confidence up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. You know. It was the same thing with, with, with even the golfing stuff. You know, mm-hmm. your your dad got me into golfing, and he couldn't always go, and, and the other guys I was going with couldn't go, and I realized, you know, it's golf it takes you know three to four hours for us to do eighteen holes, and it's like, you know, three to four hours. I'm not spinning with you. How would you feel about learning how to golf? I'm like, okay. oh, I'd love to because sure. I want to spend time with you. I, I'm athletic. I like the outdoors. I get to wear cute little skirts and get yeah. little polo shirts and <laughs> some cool little white shoes and get some bean yeah, golf get clubs. Getting the outfits. Yeah, yeah, got me. That, that's well, no, a big I mean, thing. my sister golfed and right, and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. Too. yeah. You've been exposed to uh, it. Yeah, and... I was exposed to it, but it was nice to be able to actually go out and get out there and and do it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's, that, that's just one of those, those really fun things that, um, you know, we were able to do together. And it, it wasn't so much that we got in. I wasn't a golfer when we started dating. You weren't, you know, a golfer, or even an anti-golfer, but it just kind of came into our lives because of our current situation. And it was like, well, let's, let's go ahead and, and do it together and have fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, kind of recapping that, I mean, it's, it's really be open to the new stuff. Be, be open to try, even if it's just trying once and it's okay to say, I didn't like it. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't enjoy that. It, you know, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't what I wanted to do, Right. but I would, I did do it. And you know, I just, now I know that I don't want to do that anymore mm-hmm. and yeah, tell them. And, and if it's something that is unavoidable, um, where, and, and I know this is a, this could be a completely different conversation and a topic to have, but if you don't like your partner's family, but hopefully you realize how important it is to be a part of your partner's family. If you feel like you're sacrificing and doing that for your partner, you shouldn't be able to hold that over their head or throw it in their face and you know, talk about this big sacrifice you made. And then, well, I can't stand so-and-so and, and you always drag me over here to do that. And it, you should either do it or don't. And if you don't do it, you should be able to explain why you're not going to do it and understand that you not being there is creating issues for your partner. It's creating distance between you and your partner. And it's probably going to cause other issues as well. But if you do agree to do it, once again, you're, you're not, it's not a win-lose thing. You're not allowed to hang it over their head, throw it in their face and, and talked about talk about how awful it was and how horrible it was for you. Um, if you make that choice that you're going to do something you don't like to do for the sake of your partner's happiness or well being or whatever, that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, that's that that's something that, that couples do. And and I think while you and I have a hard time coming up with an example to where we've either made one or the other do something that we just really didn't want to do, I don't think that that's happened on either side. Mm-hmm. We have been in those situations with other people or. We've been the person that's like, hey, where's so and so? Where where did they go? And and I knew I knew going into the relationship how how distant your ex was from the family, and so I knew without you having to tell me, hey, it's really important to me that you go, that it was it was important. And once again, I was, you know, I, I wasn't really involved with my large family, and so I was very open to being involved with a very large family. Um, now, whether that was the greatest of ideas every time or not, it's still kind of up for debate. But it wasn't, it, it was something that I knew was important to you and I wanted to be a part of as well. Yeah. And we had, we've had a lot of great experiences be, because of that. Right. Well, and <clears throat> I think that most of the time, most of the time, if someone brings something up, like, I want to go do this, <clears throat> and then you go and do it, most of the time you have a good time. Mm-hmm doing whatever your partner does unless unless you are just completely bullheaded mm-hmm. and don't want to have fun at right. all and you're not going to have fun because mm-hmm. you're not doing what you want to do but most people and most of the time you're going to right end up having a good time and and what what we see a lot and I know it's not and I know it's like this all the time but it's not that the person that doesn't want to go actually went and did anything else. It was it was almost like, here's your option. Either A, go with your partner and do something you may or may not enjoy, or even if you know you're not going to enjoy it, but go do something with your partner, or B, 
I'm going to sit here and stare at the TV or I'm going to sit here and play video games or I'm going to sit here and play on my phone or, or whatever it is. It's not like they already had a conflicting event. It's not like, oh, well, I had plans that day to go, you know, me and so-and-so are going to get together and watch the game. Um, and that, once again, that's another conversation too. But mm-hmm. it, it, we find out typically it was the other person wasn't really engaged in anything else. It was just they would rather stare at a TV than be with you. And whether you mean it that way, if you're that person that's making that decision, whether you mean it that way or not, that's how your partner takes it, is that that, that TV, that video game, that movie, that friend, that that game, whatever it is that you're filling in that blank with, that was more important than spending time with me. Yes. Not, and they, and we, the one on the receiving end that ends up doing that stuff alone isn't looking at it like objectively as, well, I know you don't like, you know, whatever. You don't like my family. You don't like crowds. You don't like birthday parties. Whatever that event is, we look at it as you just didn't want to be with me. Yeah. Um, and I think that if somebody kind of steps back and looks at that and reflects, hopefully they realize how selfish that, that decision is that they're making. But hopefully. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, too many people don't. I know. Um, one thing we were, we were talking about, well, we were trying to figure out, like, earlier this week, like, couples and stuff, like, opposites, that are opposites, mm-hmm. and do work out. Right. And then, and actually, we were actually kind of surprised, pleasantly surprised, like how many of our friends that do are with someone that yeah, yeah, and 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 I I think initially, you know, we we shared the article about um, opposites don't attract, Mm -hmm. and I think I think a lot of that is is derivative from what we said, the the initial conversations and what you have and, and things like that, and. I, I think even when you said what you had in common with your ex was we went to high school together. Just because you you work with somebody, you go to school with somebody, you live near somebody, um, that may not be enough to say, well, here's what we have in common. Mm-hmm. And we were pleasantly surprised when we started kind of you know looking through our friends' lists and, and talking about other couples we know um, who we're like, well, are they an opposite and why? Well, yeah, they are. And, and you know, maybe they've been together for a really long time, or maybe, you know, at least on the surface, appear very happy. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, but you don't know that with any relationship. And, uh, but I think that also what we realized was the list of people that are divorced, separated, or we know are unhappy, yeah. that are opposites, um, was very high. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where that warrants that that consideration and and I think a lot of times that we don't we don't understand how the opposite's going to affect us as we are forced to be on the same page as we as we move forward and, and one of the th- and, and a good example of that is in a new relationship you'll hear guys and girls say the same thing you'll hear them say well well I'm into this and, and, and you know I'm I'm into I'm trying to think of a good example. I'm into football. Well, and and she's not into football, but she loves what's a stereotypical thing girls like? Painting. She likes painting. Okay, so she's artsy. She's artsy, and I'm into sports, which is great because every Sunday she can go do her her wine and painting soiree with all the stay at home moms and have a glass of wine, and I can go watch football with my friends. And it seems like this is a blessing. 
It's like, well, this is great. Her her interaction won't interfere with mine. And then you find out, well, here's another. Oh, here's another instance. Well, every Wednesday she wants to go, you know, to you know evening choir practice. Practice. Well, every Wednesday is my poker night, so that works out perfectly. So, and we look at it like, well, they don't feel slighted, and I don't feel slighted. And then you start finding out that you're spending more time with, with other, other people, people than you are your partner. When wouldn't it be better to be with a girl or a guy or what, whoever it is, a partner that's into football or a partner that's into art or a partner that's into singing in the choir at church or a partner that loves playing poker? I mean, why why would you intentionally try to find divisive outings to where you go do your thing and they go do their thing? And I think initially on the surface, it seems healthy and it seems like a great idea and it seems a, like a great way where a lot of people are don't want to lose themselves in a relationship. And and I, I completely support that. You shouldn't be somebody you're not. Right. No, and no. they look at it and say, well, I don't have to give up my life because I have my life and they have their life. And if that's your mentality, the our life isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we typically have seen with, with a lot of our friends that yeah. are opposites was, well, you know, he's into cars and, and he's into this and and she's into, into art, and she's into that, and they each collectively have their own outside lives away from each other, um, which we're going to talk about that in another episode as well, but that outside life ends up being something that you look more forward to than being with your partner. Yeah. If you look over your last seven days and you say, what was the best day you had this week? And it was football night with the guys, it was poker night with the guys, it was going to the you know, the sporting event or, or, you know, and I'm getting pretty stereotypical with this stuff or you're a girl and you're like, well, it was, it was girls night out Friday night or my best day this week was going to the, the painting soiree. If all of your best nights, when you look back are with other people, why are you even in a relationship in the first place? Yeah. I think like with <clears throat> one thing that I think sometimes we struggle with, I guess, with other, with other couples that we know, like they want to have a girl's night out Mm -hmm. and they want to have just the guys go and have a beer or whatever yeah and us we're like well can Can, i I bring seth yeah can i can i bring my wife (laughs) yeah or or well now now most of our friends know oh okay well crystal's coming or seth's coming yeah well that that's one of the since we've moved we we were just talking about this a couple days ago we we have a lot of really good happily married couple friends now mm-hmm. that we've met since we've moved out here. And it it's not this, for the whole, it doesn't seem like this divisive type of, you know, yeah, we're couples, but the girls need all their time together and the guys need all their time together. Mm-hmm. And and I like that. It's and so we, we nice. haven't really dealt with that. Uh-huh. Um, here. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it, it's been kind of a, a nice little change over it. Um, you know, when we talked about not having to have everything in common and I think when we, we both love food, but we know that there's certain things that, you know, you hate cauliflower. I hate onions. I mean, I hate mayo. yeah, you hate mayo and I'm trying to think of what else I hate, but celery, you don't yeah. like celery. Yeah. I hate celery, you know, and, and it, it's not that we know that whenever we're cooking for the other, that we're not going to make them eat something that they're going to dislike but at the same time he may tease me you may tease me about right well you know i hate onions but how much stuff do you make with onions in it well i know but (laughs) that goes back to me being i'm gonna trust her 
because I hate raw onions. I don't want, I, I won't eat a hot dog with onions on top and I won't eat, you know, enchiladas with onions on top. But I'll eat salsa with the onions. I'll eat Italian food where onions were made. Well, with you'll it. even eat street tacos. Yeah, I'll eat street tacos with, with onions. Pico or and, onions. Yeah. yeah. So there's certain things I'll do, <laughs> but it, it it's like you. It's I trust you to tell me that this is so good. I know you don't like this, but you got to try. And you do the same thing, mm-hmm. whether you want to admit it or not, because you hate mayonnaise so much. Yeah. But if I'm like, well, these deviled eggs are awesome, <laughs> or this egg salad is so good, <laughs> now, Heidi's Deli egg oh. salad, oh, Hell's man. Kitchen is the best sandwich on the so planet. So good. And it has mayonnaise in it, but you just don't want to think about yeah, it, but you know it tastes so good. And I'm the same way with I don't onions. think about it. But I think that, you, you know, we don't have every single aspect of what we do in common. Even we the have, things that we have in common, there's little subsets that maybe we we aren't, you know, as as common about. But yeah. it's it's small things. Right. I think the the biggest thing that we don't have in common is one genre of music that that I like but you don't right yeah. it's one type <laughs> yeah one type one specific type but I like all the other um music we like all of the other music that yeah. both of each other like right and, and I and it, it's one of those that e- even with the music you like I'm not like I don't want to hear that don't don't play it when I'm in the car or anything like that. And so it's it's still being well, open you, to and then, it. And, yeah, you're still open, and, and you still have a few songs of you know house music on yeah. on your iPod, right? Yeah, <laughs> on your yep. playlist. Well, yeah, I had a whole playlist of music you liked. So when we had parties and stuff like that, we we could you know listen to it mm-hmm. um, and enjoy it because I know that it's not like you're the only person that likes that music. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think that I should be the only person that dislikes that music. So, But I think even looking at, at what you don't have in common, we were really trying to come up with what are, if, if I'm getting into a relationship or um, I'm evaluating my relationship or whatever it is, what are, what are some of the top things that couples should have in common? And I think we, we really just kind of were like, well, let's, what's the top three or five that, that really need to be out there. Because like we said, we, we fully support that each individual is bringing unique experiences to the, table. to the table. And you shouldn't have to lose those, and the other person should be open to them. But there are certain things that couples either find non-negotiable or it's something that you know you should be you know embedded in. Uh, I don't want to say dig your heels in, but if, if it's something that... Deal breakers. Yeah, that, that could be deal breakers, and it's okay. Um and one of the things that, that's not on the list, but was one of my deal breakers when I was looking for a new relationship was kids. Mm-hmm. I, I had a child. I didn't want any more children. I didn't want to date anybody that had kids or that ever wanted kids. And so one of my deal breakers was we aren't going to have kids. And I think on our second date, we talked about that. Yeah. And we knew each other. And granted, this wasn't we only knew each other for one date and then we went out and did this. And we knew each other for a year. Right. And so I was more comfortable having that conversation. But, you know, second date, it was, look, here's the deal. I I am not having any more kids. I don't want any more kids. And, you know, you weren't 30 yet. And I wanted to make sure that you aren't going to turn 30 and be like, hey, my, my clock's ticking. And I, need to, and I need to have a kid. And you were like, no, trust me, I do not like kids. <laughs> we I am never going to want to have kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you brought it up in yeah. the beginning, and that's what just right. so many people don't do. 
they make the mistake of not telling you mm-hmm. right away off the bat. How many couples do we know that even with that example is, well, they'll change their mind? Yes, all the time. Yeah, oh, you may not want kids, but I'll convince you otherwise. Mm-hmm. Or I know they want kids and I don't, and I'm not going to give, so hopefully they'll just learn to live without. Mm-hmm. And they've known that from years ago. It's not like they've been together for five years and it just came up. You find things like that out pretty quickly in a relationship. But that's where once I realized how the potential of how much I liked you was going to happen, it was like, this is something we've got to get off the table. It's got to be addressed because I'm already liking her this much on a second date. Um, When's too late to bring it up? I don't want to, you know, be fully in love with this person and be like, you know what, this is done. So you do need to bring that stuff up yeah, pretty quickly. In relationships, <clears throat> you either break up or you get married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what's what's the goal here? Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to the top so five, the five, what do we come up with? Um, so humor, definitely. Yes. You same. have to have the same type of humor. Yeah, or like we said, at least have a sense of humor. <laughs> right. I mean, when, uh, when we look at the same type of sense of humor, it's, we think that that's very important mm-hmm. um, because of, of the different aspects it is. Like, like we talked about with, the, with, the, with watching television and seeing movies. And if you're going to want to do stuff together, it really helps if you enjoy the same things. And, and, and humor is a big part of that. Uh, so that's kind of how we put that on the list. What else? Uh, moral and ethical beliefs and religious beliefs and financial, um, the same financial, financial habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when we look at, when we look at morals, um, you know, kind of the same moral compass really helps. And we, we've, we've noticed that from where we've lived regionally, how people in different areas of the country have different moral moral compasses because of how they were raised, the area they grew up in, and what they were exposed to. And when those are completely off kilter from one another, it when you have somebody that goes to the grocery store and the cashier forgets to scan the water on the bottom of the cart, and you're the one that's like, oh, cool, I just got free water. And your partner is like, no, we've got to give it back. <laughs> I mean, that, that I know that's a very simple example, <laughs> But yeah. you can't be like that with with all kinds of stuff, moral-wise. So you have to have kind of the same moral compass. Yeah. Um, you know, and that kind of falls into the the ethical aspect of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the religious belief, I mean, it's... And you know, once again, we said last week, we, this, this is not a religious type of podcast. But we've seen... And I don't mean like, well, I'm a Methodist and he's a... Presbyterian. Presbyterian or something. I mean, we're talking, you know, they're an atheist and I believe in God. Yeah. <clears throat> or... That's so important. Yeah. This person believes in, um, you know, talking to the dead and holistic healing and, and all that. Well, and, and if you believe in the Bible, you know that none of that's possible. So you, you have to kind of be aligned because, once again, those can cause problems. Now, not to say that you're a couple out there that hasn't been together for 25 years and you've had that and you've quote unquote made it work but part of our point is you shouldn't make a relationship work it should just work on uh i remember um well specifically on the diva show um that rosa girl and how she was strict catholic Catholic. yeah and or christian i don't know i think they were catholic were they catholic Mm -hmm. And he was an atheist. Yeah, and because was, they were going to have the baby baptized, yeah. and she didn't. He didn't want the baby baptized because he's very an atheist. Important. Well, and it ruined her relationship with her mom. They never spoke again. Yeah. Um, well, even uh, <clears throat> the divas again, but Eva Marie and and her um, husband, and how 
her dad wanted her married in the Catholic Church. Yeah, he was a Presbyterian and she was a Catholic, and mm-hmm. they wanted everything very strict Catholic, and and so the, those the yeah the the religious thing can be can be a problem. We, we've had friends that one partner was Jewish and the other one wasn't, but the other one that wasn't wasn't really dug into any religion, and so he did what he needed to do to convert to um, Judaism, and and they became you know like, I think they got married in the traditional Jewish fashion yeah. and things like that, and. And that's you know one of those things that uh, he was open to it. Yeah, and he did it for. And he his, did it for her, and, and that was you know a good decision for them. Um, so, but that that's another one, and, and the last one, the financial one, and this is another one of those topics. I think we could probably spend an entire hour talking about, but financial habits are are huge. One of the the unique things about when we got together was you were in quite a bit of debt and I was in quite a bit of debt because of the divorce and both of our debts were you know caused I don't want to say completely by but majorly influenced by our previous partners Mm -hmm. and the decisions that we allowed them to make or that we made with them and we knew that if we were going to pursue one another and have a relationship moving forward we had to offload our debt with our other partners and then we realized pretty quickly that we had the same spending habits and saving habits and 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 we were able to get out of massive amounts of debt within the first twelve months. Yeah, that we were uh-huh. dating. Right. Yeah, we were complete. We were debt free by the yeah. time we got married. Yep. Yeah. No mm-hmm. financial ties to our previous partners or anything. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, I guess that doesn't help other people <laughs> that are bad with money. Though. Yeah. If you both <laughs> suck at handling money, that that's not that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. But then you know we we've each been the more financially responsible one in a relationship where the other one didn't want to save and blew every penny we had and racked up the credit card debt. Um, And it's that is a really win-lose situation because if you have somebody that freely spends money and carelessly spends money, it's going to prevent you from being able to save anything. And and it can cause a pretty big problem. And and that's something that we, we tend to see quite a bit. And that's where you know, it's, it's like, well, you know, even if you look at the balance me out stuff, well, they, they keep me in check. Well, yeah, but you're, you're depleting your accounts and you're, you're, you're damaging each other's future by the way that you spend, handle and appreciate the money that you have. Um, and so I think that, you know, the financial piece is, is a really big one. And this is one of those that you can probably tell very early on when, even when you're dating someone, if somebody you're dating has a great car, but they live in a crappy single bedroom apartment, that's a big, huge sign that they're awful with money. If they've bought a car, like a really nice vehicle, like a, a Benz or a Land Rover or something really nice from one of these little hot shot resale <laughs> auto places. I mean, that, that's how people spend their money is very reflective of, of their responsibility level and their potential to be able to support and save money and things like that. And that's, yeah. y- you can kind of tell that early on and it's not a materialistic, like well, what type of watch are they wearing or what type of handbag are they carrying? And a lot of times, people with the nicest shoes, nicest watches, nicest handbags are the brokest people we know yeah. because they've spent money on that. So it's not really reflective and materialistic. It's more, you know, kind of net worth type of value that they bring and and how they how they kind of carry themselves financially um, are things that you you can pick up on and and you could look at and and see where they're at. But I think knowing somebody's financial situation, it's it's an uncomfortable conversation. Sometimes, like, well, you don't want to ask somebody on their fourth date, well, how much debt do you have? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but once again, if, if the intent is to progress down a natural growing relationship where we 
we date, we move in together, we get engaged, we get married, we have kids. All At some point in time before it goes from dating to living together or dating to being engaged, it needs to be discovered what your financial status is, what your financial plans are, uh, or something. Because if, if you find out right before they're going to move in with you, they're not going to be able to get on the lease because they have so much debt. Well, what Papa. do you do? <laughs> I know. I mean, do you boot them out? I mean, you worked in property management. You saw that. Yeah. Where, you know, here's a couple that's been together for a little while. They've decided to move in together. And, well, the dumbass dude spent all of his money on crap and it was up to his eyeballs in debt. And he can't help out. Or he had no credit at all because he had never grown up and become an adult. <laughs> that doesn't, that never works out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ever. So those are a lot of things to kind of consider. And so those, you know, once again, the the top five that we've kind of talked about were humor, the uh, moral compass, ethical code, your religious beliefs, and then your financial habits. So next week, um, we're going to be talking about givers and takers. Um, Not give uh, give a little and take a little. Right. Yeah. Not from a compromise perspective. Just... um, if, if you're a giver in a relationship or if you are a taker in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you do everything in a relationship or do you receive everything in a relationship? And and so we'll, we're going to explore that a little more next week and uh, talk about that. <clears throat> we've both, I think we're both probably givers and we've been in relationships with takers. And yeah. so we want to talk about, once again, the commonality piece kind of falls on that, but um, what that means and how to stop being such a taker. And sometimes that taker was created because as a giver, you created that taker. So we're, we're going to discuss some of that stuff next week. Um, look out this week. We're gonna, we'll are gonna probably come up with another poll to share, yeah, another article. article. Um, once again, if you're watching this, we're, we're on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's you know, Marriage on the Rocks. We're on SoundCloud. We're iTunes. on iTunes. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Instagram. So yeah, follow, follow us, us. Like us. Yeah, like subscribe. us, listen to us, share it. And experience it. So we want to continue to stay engaging. We want to continue to to bring stuff and have these topics. You know, hit us up, messages, comment on our post if you want us to talk about something. If there's opinion you have on it or or anything that you know naysays what we've talked about, you know, we want you to share it with us. Yeah. So thanks again for watching and listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. <laughs>